1: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
2: And welcome in to the Baseball Insiders, with you every Tuesday and Thursday at two o'clock Central, and sometimes two fifteen if Karm is coming back from Bears practice and is in massive Chicago traffic and missed Tuesday's show. Caveat: that is just this moment. Robert Murray, I missed you, buddy. Welcome to uh, your Thursday afternoon, pal. Yeah,
1: it's good to be here on a Thursday afternoon with my buddy at the con. It's always a
2: pleasure. I I heard you killed it on Tuesday. I popped in for a bit. Great job on the show. And uh, a shout-out to uh, who joined you again? It was Kerry
1: Crowley, a very good friend of mine who is out in the Bay Area for KNBR. So shout-out to Kerry. Thank you for filling in at the last second.
2: Carry, you're the man. It, was, oh, it wasn't it was last second now. We gave Carrie. Oh, okay, that's the,
1: true. That, that was, as soon as I said it, I realized that was strong phrasing in me. About, so my apologies to Carm.
2: Yeah, my scheduling was was stronger than last second. So uh, good to be here. We got a lot on the show today. Okay. This is the lineup just to let you guys know what we're going through. And then, of course, anything that you want to talk about is always welcome. Hit us up in the comments here. But uh, we're going to talk about Toronto and what the Blue Jays are looking for, starting pitching perhaps, maybe... Uh, Somebody there from the left side. The Phillies bullpen has some issues. They've got some stuff going on in their outfield, too. We will go over to the Cubs and Wilson Contreras and the manager. And I'm going to have a message for Cub fans today because uh, they're just not paying attention to history. So we'll get to that. Uh, the Nationals have some trade candidates out there, and we're going to shout out Uh, Craig Council as well for uh, his accomplishment over in Milwaukee. But, uh, Bert, let me me throw the dance floor out to you. What excites you most to start today's show? Boy, well,
1: besides being here with you, Carm, is I recently wrote this column, which is part of the outline. Um, I have a lot of inside info. I can provide even more on this show right now. So I'm very excited for that.
2: All right. What are you, what are you no, excited for today? Well, I am. I am excited to talk to give my, my cub thoughts out. But uh, let let let's um, look uh, your your column, uh, which was an inside the clubhouse MLB trade rumors for Wilson Contreras, the Phillies, and more. Uh, you know, it's it's been out for six hours. If you're not reading it, uh, you should be reading it. So. Uh, let maybe let's start with the Blue Jays then, um, yeah. and what their what their number one priority is before the deadline, which by the way is a little bit later than in years past. If you all remember, it's August second this year, so still got you know a bunch of time really before the deadline is actually here. But maybe um, I don't know, this is this going to happen sooner than later?
1: Yeah, so with the Blue Jays, I don't think there's going to be a deal that's done in the near future just because they don't need a top of the rotation arm. But they do need another starting pitcher with Hinjin Ryu out for the year. Um, Now that he most likely needs Tommy John surgery, they're going to determine the extent of it as he's doing the surgery. Uh, But in all likelihood, he's going to be out for the rest of this year and next year. Uh, And then he'll end up leaving the Blue Jays because their lead front office guy, Ross Atkins, said it's a chronic elbow issue and that's never a good thing to hear and the blue jays are in a spot where they're pretty lucky uh, because they have uh, alec manoa and kevin gosman as their one-two punch and that's a dominant duo then you have jose barrios as their number three and then it gets a little bit murkier after that because they don't have the innings to get through that because ross stripling uh, is not going to be able to throw 150 plus innings they don't have guys in triple a so i I think to me their number one need is a back end of the rotation starter and I would and based on Atkins's comments and stuff I've heard behind the scenes I expect them to like look at that trade market there.
2: What does that look like right now? Any back end starters available?
1: So the the issue right now is the trade market is pretty uncertain um, because we don't know exactly who's going to be selling and the third wildcard team is throwing a huge Curveball into the early trade picture. Um, I mean, I don't think they're going to end up targeting a guy like Tyler Malley or Luis Castillo at the Reds. Frankie Montas is going to be too much for them. Uh, Paul Blackburn of the A's, who's been a pretty uh, strong starting pitcher for them uh, for the A's, is another streaky or sneaky trade candidate. Um, I mean, you could also look like a, at a guy like Wade Miley. He fills in as that left-hander. Um, so I mean, they're going to have plenty of options, but right now it's like pretty, pretty
2: uncertain. Wade Miley, Drew Smiley, tee up another Cub, not, not a back end starter, but, uh, anybody want to make a move for a guy by the name of Kyle Hendricks? I'm, I'm, I don't know if the Cubs will be that aggressive, but just thinking about teams who obviously are going to be selling and the Cubs are one of those.
1: Yep. And, and also with the Cubs, I mean, Miley and Smiley, I mean, that's. It's a lot it's, to smile about. It, smile they are about.
2: They're, they're adorable. They 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 know what they're they're doing there over on, on the north side, uh, making tons of do. money, ch- charging their fans premium prices, and uh, uh, putting this product on the field. Which is not a, I don't have a huge problem with it. I'll, we'll get to that down the line. Um, what about the Royals, Bert? If we when you look at uh, you know a, a Kansas City team that's twenty games under five hundred, right? I mean, yeah. that's uh, – I don't know. Brad Keller, is, is could that be a guy like that be in the mix? What about Granky?
1: Uh, Grinky he certainly could be in the mix. Because that was – as soon as the Royals signed him to a one-year deal in the offseason, I immediately thought of him being a trade candidate at the deadline. Um, and his salary is not going to be too outrageous, I don't think at least. Um, so I would expect teams to be poking around in the Grinky market. I think the piece that could make sense – for a team um, that needs another bat in their lineup is Andrew Benintendi, because um, Benintendi is a very intriguing trade piece, and that I, I think he's going to end up being in their top one. As I said on the show previously, I think the Royals are going to listen on everybody not named Bobby Witt Jr., um, just because, I mean, he's their future. But I think anybody's going to be fair game for, for the Royals there.
2: Granky's making 13 million for the record. He's got 2 million in performance bonuses as well. So, uh, in today's market, that's a quite affordable starting pitcher. Um, Our guy Jacob is weighing in. Thank you for the good afternoon, Jacob. Thank you for being here, Jacob. And then he's, since we're talking Royals, let's stay in that AL Central. And he's talking about the addition of David Blitzer to the Cleveland Ownership Group. Uh, do the guardians make a big splash this year for a run or will it take a year or two for that money to trickle down to the field? Bert, you're shaking your head. You've got you as per always, you've got knowledge. What do you got? Yeah, that's a good question by Jacob. I don't
1: expect them to have, or to make a big splash this year. I don't think that's going to end up being the case in future years, maybe next year, two years from now. I think that's certainly going to end up being more in play. Uh, But for this year, I wouldn't get your hopes up at a big move, but it's early. I
2: could be wrong. Guardians. That's my really feel now. Yeah, yeah. Guardians right in the middle of the Twins and White Sox. Two and a half back of Minnesota. Two and a half in front of. I, the- I want to ask you a
1: question, Carm. Yeah. What do you got? So we've talked about this in previous shows, um, and you you couldn't see a scenario in which it happened. But I want to like follow up with you with the way the White Sox are playing now and the the bad juju that is surrounding them and Tony Larusa. Could they trade off? Some pieces. No, he's still a zero. Big old fat zero from Carm.
2: You you want to make a wager here, Bert? I'll, I'll, I'll bet you the White Sox win that division. No. Win the division? How far out are they right now? They're 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 five back. Yeah, I'm not going to make that bet. Yeah, you're not going to make that bet. Why wouldn't you make that bet, Bert?
1: Because they're plenty talented, Carm. And you're right. That but division most... is not the greatest.
2: So, and... most talented team in the division. Division's not great. So, I mean, I think when we connect the dots here, it's just hard to see a scenario of the White Sox selling. I I can't imagine it. I think that Lance Lynn getting back and getting in that clubhouse and going at their third base coach, uh, Joe McEwing, a.k.a. Super Joe, who when he played uh, Cardinals, I know for sure, maybe the Mets too, he would play all nine positions, and before games he would take Ground balls at every spot in the infield, fly balls in the outfield. I mean, the most dedicated dude going. Uh, but he was doing something that Lance Lynn didn't like as a coach, and they get in a little bit of a, you know, little 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 dust up, if you will. Uh, unlike what Jack Del Rio said, this was a little dust up in the in the dugout. And and the Sox have actually won three games in a row. So congratulations to the White Sox, playing a little bit of better baseball. Um, uh, they, they did, and also,
1: I, I'm not going to buy Lance Lynn's story that they were arguing over uh, ribeyes and fillets. Uh, that seemed like a, a nice little cover up there. No, he, made for good content though, Carl.
2: Yeah, no, that's uh, whatever it was, it was real, it was real, and that's fine. He's yeah. listen, they, they've known each other for a long time, dating back to the Cardinals' days. The White Sox needed something to shake that club up. Um, So I don't know if Lance Lynn was being strategic. I highly doubt it. I think he was just pissed. But that fell in line with exactly what the White Sox needed. Uh, Johnny is back. Johnny appreciates your loyalty to the show. What do people around baseball think of large market teams like the Cubs deciding to not be competitive? Well, I'll tell you, uh, agents hate it, that's for sure. Uh, What do you hear on that side, uh, Bert? No, well, first off, you're right, and they, they, to be fair, they did
1: spend this offseason, despite knowing they were not going to be competitive this year. I mean, Suzuki, what that was over 100 million total, considering all. of They
2: that spent was, they spent five and sixty eight on Suzuki, and they spent uh, another seventy on Marcus Stroman. So, you, they, okay, they, that's right. They yeah. spent some. Yeah, uh, they spent but, some, but like not
1: as much as like a team like that should. Um, and I mean, that being said they were in a position where they kind of needed to end up selling off last year because there was no way they were going to be able to retain all of those players. Um, and they obviously tried for some, were not successful in doing that. Um, and they ended up parting with them. And it's going to end up being a bit of a longer rebuild um, that I think the Cubs would like because you have guys like Pete Crow Armstrong, Owen Sessi I might be mispronouncing that name. Close um, enough. And there's other prospects in that organization who are a couple years away. And I don't think their next competitive window is going to start then. So I don't think any team can fault um, the Cubs for doing that. I don't think they do, Um, especially when they were able to get some of the value they got last year. Like the Chris Bryant trade, uh, Caleb Killian obviously made his debut the other day. It didn't go so great. Um, But getting a guy like Pete Crow Armstrong for Baez and some of the other players that they did, um, I thought that was a job well done. And it may not be what the fans like. It may not be what Carm likes, but I see the vision there. And I can say, you can't say the same thing for a team like the Cincinnati Reds, for example. So I think the Cubs are doing a good job in a very tough spot here.
2: Cubs, for the record, they're 14th in baseball in total payroll, just over 147 million. Which okay, so you're in the middle. You're not really acting like a big market team. Uh, the Mets are one, along with the Dodgers, both. Let's have them by a hair, both in the 260 million range. And then the Yankees, 248, Phillies, 233. Phillies, Phillies spent money in the offseason. I mean, how about the Padres at 217? You don't expect them to be the fifth uh, you know, outspending teams like the Red Sox, who are next at 202, and then the White Sox are at 195.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and on that note, Carm, um, obviously you hear fans upset that the Cubs or whoever team they root for are not spending money. But spending money does not automatically win, or does not automatically mean you're going to win. Uh, just look, obviously, at the White Sox, look at the Phillies, um, and look at some of these other teams in baseball have spent big money. Um, you got to spend money wisely to win. And I mean, if team or if a team doesn't spend a whole lot of money on a player, um, I mean, I, I, I see, what, I see what the Cubs are doing here. Let's just, I'll, I'll just put it at that.
2: The, the Guardians, by the way. Uh aforementioned 68 million that's third least in baseball ahead of the A's and Orioles who have spent a dollar each 47 and 46 million to be exact uh, it's interesting though when you think about bang for your buck no one's doing it better than Cleveland this year. It's two and a half back and in the playoffs right now is a wild card that's that's a Very job impressive. well done that's a job yeah. well done um, not that, that ever excites a fan base but okay um, Jacob's back in here with a Jesse Winker value question. Seems like Jesse Winker's value is way down from last year. Two-year, $14.5 million deal. Do you concur, Jacob? I mean, Roberts. I was just about to
1: say, yeah. Um, so, so actually, um, MLB trade rumors for Jesse Winker, uh, for his arbitration value, put him at $6.8 million. Uh, so this is actually slightly over that number. Um, and I, I think that value is is right for a guy like Jesse Winker. At least in arbitration, he would get more if he's a free agent. But I I was asked this question on Twitter after I reported that um, that his contract after avoiding arbitration was two years for fourteen point five. Whether if that makes him more tradable? And personally, I do um, because you know what his value is going to be at next year. You don't have to worry about him breaking out and having that number just completely balloon. Um, and I do think, like, we mentioned the Padres with him um, for Winker. I, that makes sense, makes total sense to me, especially since they need another outfielder. But I think that number is going to be pretty intriguing for some of these other teams. So it wouldn't surprise me if a guy like Winker had a short-term stay with the Mariners. But that's just me speculating, but I can see it, especially with them falling out.
2: Yeah, well, they're going to pick off the Reds' carcass at some point here. Uh, and... I'm hey. As far as I'm concerned, the sooner the better. Make your deals now. If you're certainly if you're Cincinnati, the Cubs, the Royals, anybody Pittsburgh, anybody who falls in that, we have no chance uh, under that umbrella. Uh, What you're talking bullpen here? What about the Phillies? Um, What do you see them? How aggressive do you think they're going to be here, Bert? And and perhaps uh, some other upgrades that might be on the table as well here, because you know they. They they have saved their season. I guess we got to give credit to getting rid of Joe Girardi. The Phillies now back over five hundred, thirty-two and thirty-one. They're six and a half back of the Mets. And if you look at the wild card standings right now, Philly is three and a half back of the third wild card spot behind, which is currently owned by the Giants.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the the Phillies. It feels like we can say this on an annual basis, Carm. Their bullpen stinks. Um, <laughs> it's, it's it's bad. It's really bad. Like they thought the the Cordero Canable and Jeurys Familia signings were going to shore it up, and it has done anything but that. Uh, Familia has been not good. He's been prone to the long ball, uh, while Canable has had a very hard time, um, like just commanding his pitches, and it's been just a complete disaster for them. But they're in a spot where it's going to be tricky what they prioritize at the deadline because they also need center field help, which along with bullpen uh, seems like an annual need for them. Um, So the question that I think the Phillies need to ask themselves is, do they prioritize a center field upgrade now so they can have a rangy center fielder in between Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber, and then kind of not neglect, but like makes incremental upgrades in the bullpen or do you prioritize um, the bullpen now and then save um, center field like a big upgrade there for the offseason um, I don't know what they're going to do I don't think they know what they're going to do uh, but the Phillies they need help uh, they need help fast um, and like what also is going to factor into this equation for them too is that um They have Bryce Harper in his prime. They have Castellanos and Schwarber signed long-term to big-money contracts, along with JT Lurimodo, too. They're in a spot where they need to win now um, because these guys are not going to be able to keep up at this level of performance forever. Um, So I'm very curious to see what they do there. But bullpen, for sure, needs, needs, needs to be addressed.
2: Well, what's impacting at least a little bit, maybe a lot, but actually – the uh, the Phillies, and their recent turnaround is the team in front of them. I mean, 14 straight for the Braves. They had won 12 in a row when Ozzy Albies went down, broke his foot, so that sucked for Atlanta. But this has been impressive, to say the least, for the uh, defending World Series champions who looked like they were just going to kind of, yeah, we won the World Series last year. Let's just hang out. But they're, I, what's, what's your look at what the Braves are going to do with the Alby situation going forward. And I don't know anything else going on around Atlanta. That's been a great story the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. They've been a phenomenal story. And the fact that they've been able to overcome Albies' injury, at least for right now, is a credit to the job that Brian Snicker's done in the clubhouse. And then the job that Alex Anthopoulos has done upstairs. Uh, because last year he acquired Orlando RCF from the Brewers when it kind of scratched, or it resulted in some people around the league scratching their heads as to like what they were thinking uh, or like what they were up to. But they just wanted to have some organizational depth, especially one that had a major league experience like Arcia. And then he stepped up, not just defensively, which is what he was mostly known for in Milwaukee, but offensively too. And they've hit the ground running with him in the infield. And yeah, and also. I will tell you this. So everybody is talking about Carlos Correa, when or if he opts out of his contract after the year, and Trey Turner, rightfully so. But the free agent shortstop that is going to, um, to garner a lot of interest and get a big dollar contract is Dansby Swanson. He is playing phenomenal this year, Carm. It's they're clicking on all cylinders, but he's been a big reason for it.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No. I. Hey. Oh, I, the, the Braves have just been a cool story. That was completely out of nowhere last year. Um, and to see him back in the mixes, I mean, not that I'm sitting here as a, as a Braves fan. Cause I'm not, uh, and I used to, as a kid, I hated the Braves because the TV. Yeah. Because, you know, I grew up a cup fan WGN and then there was TBS and the Braves and the carries and the, I just was like, no, 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 no. And I, I wasn't a fan, but, uh, Hey, that that last year story was awesome. Let's go get back in the chatter just a little bit, and, and then I want to uh, I want to tee up the Cubs. Will Holder, uh, when would w- when would the Angels ever consider dealing? Showing Will's out drinking early today, <laughs> uh, Robert. Which is good job, Will. I appreciate you. Yeah, you know, I, I'm
1: very jealous. you Yeah, at 12.38 in the afternoon, Carm. And yeah, respect, Will. It's That's my guy right there. Um, I If I was the Angels, I would do everything in my power to extend Shohei Watani before I would ever consider trading him. And Ken Rosenthal dropped this nugget in his column, which it was just like a sentence or two, but it was like, holy. Uh, I don't know if I can swear on the live show, but holy poop. Um,
2: <laughs> there you go, Bert. You can swear. There we on go. Those, We're letting out the, the
1: explosives today, folks. This um, is
2: the internet. But you, you, you stick to your brand, buddy. You're more of a poop guy. Uh, yeah, I, I, big, I, big, big poop guy. There um, you go, buddy.
1: This is the content people crave. That's right. Um, but the uh, Rosenthal wrote that Shohei Otani is going to command more than Max Scherzer's AAV, which is 43 million, and that the Angels realized that, like they realized that was a starting point in these negotiations. And you have Mike Trout signed to this mega deal. You have Anthony Rendon signed to this huge contract, too. Can you afford Shohei? And if you do give him that deal, like, what does the other parts of the roster look like? That's a, a question that is going to need answered sooner rather than later. But, woof. That If the Angels decided that they weren't going to be able to afford Shohei Otani and put him on the trade market, this is a extreme, like, Speculative thing that's like me just talking, whatever. Um, There is going to be a boatload of interest, and rightfully so. Like, we're talking this generation's Babe Ruth. He's going to get a lot of interest, but most importantly for him, he's going to land a contract that is going to be unprecedented in baseball. It's going to be massive.
2: It's a dangerous one on some level because will the arm hold up and outside of the the, whatever the price point is going to be 50 million a year? but uh, Artie Moreno is – I don't I don't think we're going to be seeing him on the unemployment line. So uh, he might not be Steve Cohn, but he's not that far away either. He certainly has the, the power to do it. And as, as you mentioned, shown it in the past. Here you go, Mike Trout, 426. Live your dream, buddy. So I, I think that that's how that's going to go as far as him staying there. Uh, Jacob Bradley back at it. Is Gregory Soto a mirage or there, will there be – a uh, big interest in him at the deadline. Yeah, Soto is a, an interesting one. He's pretty. He's emerged pretty well for
1: the Tigers this year. In the, he's got. I think he's appeared in like twenty two or twenty four games, somewhere in that range, as a sub two ERA. Um, I don't think the Tigers are going to be in a hurry to deal him. Um, he's only twenty seven, and he signed, I believe, through twenty twenty six. And the fact that he's controllable, I think, is they don't need to trade him now. If he was a guy that was on a one-year contract, then yeah, like you try to maximize him at the deadline. Um, but that is going to be a question that they're going to have to ask themselves internally. Is this sustainable or um, is he going to end up fading in the second half or in future years? Personally, I would listen. I like If I was running a team, I would always listen on the player, no matter who it is. But that doesn't mean I'd trade him. But I don't think the Tigers are going to end up trading a guy like Gregory Soto. I think mm-hmm. he's he's going to be there to stay for a little bit
2: you sound like a GM I love it boy yeah like GM Bert when I when I buy my team in Vegas like LeBron's gonna do and put a hoop team in there I'll get the baseball team we'll get some sweet retractable roof stadium you're my GM Bert all day well, there we go wait are you gonna be manager or are
1: you gonna be what president of baseball operations
2: no I, I um, I'm gonna try to play actually and uh, oh yeah well, okay. Yeah. What position?
1: I need all the details here, Carm. I, I
2: I see myself as a late blooming second baseman on the big league level. I'd like to play the outfield, but I don't think my speed is quite there. So I'm just going to be a rock solid second baseman. Yeah. All right.
1: Hey, yeah, second base was a spot that I played back in school. So right. I was also a pitcher too. So I was basically like the little league version Shohei Otani, Yeah. Uh, not to brag.
2: Hey. If, if it's a fact, it's not a boast. You're just, uh, true. They're, right. There we go. Uh, there go. All right. Let, let's keep rolling with a couple more comments here from, from Robert Meluso. Here come the New York Yankees. How aggressive will Brian Cashman be at the deadline? Perhaps in the outfield, perhaps in the bullpen. What do you think? I think for sure in the
1: bullpen. Um, because also, like, and if we're talking trades in the Yankees and bullpen, I want to talk about um, the job that they did getting Clay Holmes from the Pirates uh, for two prospects, I think it was last year. Uh, that trade looks like an absolute freaking steal for the Yankees. Um, and like it, it shows that the that the additions that you make at the trade deadline don't need to be the big headline and flashy ones that like automatically result in the headlines of Yankees win this deal. Um, so I, I, I think the Yankees are going to certainly target uh, bullpen help. Um, An outfielder certainly would make sense, but I would expect cashman, especially in the position that they're in right now, um, where they are um, the, like just playing this well. I think they're certainly going to be in a position where they can be aggressive. I do wonder, like the the Joey Gallo trade possibility, completely fascinates me. Um, I wonder if he could possibly be moved. Um, don't know the likelihood on that, but they have they can certainly be pretty creative at the deadline here.
2: I mean, the Yankees have the best record in baseball now by a wide margin. They're forty six and sixteen. There, that's a seven forty two winning percentage. Which so you're winning three out of every four. They're plus one thirty. Uh, they're going to have to pay Aaron Judge, I would think, at some point. Uh, yep. and, but,
1: that factors into a lot of what they have to do is they yeah. have to give him that mega contract.
2: Right. Well, and and that's a that's a magic mega contract that I think you feel pretty comfortable giving. He's a first class guy. That skill set, I don't he's gonna strike out a lot, but I I don't think that's the the the, the numbers producing skill sets going away anytime soon. It's always scary, but I, I think you pay him. Uh Will Holder one more time. Reports on L'Orealano's interest from Miami. What kind of prospect call would he take? And he's saying that it seems all over the place on, uh, based on various opinions.
1: Yeah. Um, I saw the reports today that Miami was making a big push for Luriano. I don't think that's accurate. Um, I think they've tried for him in the past, but I don't think that's a current thing now. I'm trying to get a feel for what his market and his price tag is going to look like because obviously he's a very talented player, but he's coming off of that PED suspension and going to take some time to build up i if i was a team i would have interest but i'd be like cautious in terms of pursuing him but that being said i would i would fully imagine there's going to be a handful of teams in on him and i would imagine he's going to be to me this is not based on any information that i have but just opinion um that he's going to be a more realistic trade target than Chad Pinder that's my guess
2: interesting uh, quick reminder by the way the baseball insiders on your docket Tuesdays Thursdays two o'clock central time hit that subscribe button put those turn those notifications on so if you forget things and and like 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 yours truly would do uh, you know you don't need to have everything in the calendar when you got those notifications rolling and uh, we, we love you we appreciate you. Um, all right. Jacob Bradley wants to talk about Wilson Contreras and then I'm going to get into the Cubs, but here I'll pull, let's put him up there. A ton of chatter about Contreras being dealt, but I haven't heard on Tyler Stevenson. He's been every bit as good as Contreras. Could he be another option? So if you would have asked me that a couple weeks ago, I would have said
1: yes, but he's currently dealing with a broken thumb and like that, that clouds his market because we don't know exactly, um like how long he's going to end up being out. But he certainly was very good this year. And I know the Reds were extremely bummed when he ended up breaking his thumb because he was just playing at a very high level. Um, but I know we're going to talk about Contreras in a little bit here. I'll actually – I'll just use this as a, as a nice little segue. Here. Go for Contreras, baby. Um, Contreras, I, I've i said on this show that I thought he was 50-50 to be dealt. I've continually bumped those odds up um, basically with each day. Um, I'd be pretty surprised if he's not traded. That's, I'll I'll say that.
2: Wow. So you think Wilson is going? What type of return should Cub fans think they might be getting? And want to throw some names out there? So not not I, I, names of, of prospects, but names of teams that might be interested.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so Contreras, I I fully expect him to get it interest from a team like the San Francisco Giants that fit just seems pretty obvious on paper and they need a catcher Uh, Joey Bart is struggling there I thought it was very interesting so Kerry Crowley is very plugged in with the Giants having covered that team for a few years and he said he and this is not an exact quote but paraphrasing that He feels this year it's much more likely or realistic that the Giants trade Bart than at any point he was last year. So I'm like, hmm, I don't know if Bart could be um, in a Wilson Contreras trade package unless they include more just because Contreras is a free agent at the end of the year. But it's something that maybe it's possible if they end up like bolstering that trade package. But um, besides the Giants, I would see the Mets as a team, despite having James McCann, um, there's a couple others. I, I saw Ken Rosenthal um, list. I think he said the Houston Astros were pretty unlikely for Contreras. I thought they were a fit, but evidently not. Um, but Contreras is going to also another team, San Diego Padres for Contreras. Adrian probably loves his catching depth. I mean, maybe, maybe we see something there. I don't know.
2: Hey, we're throwing out some options here. And And also, like speaking of that, um,
1: I almost forgot to mention this. The Cubs and Padres did talk about uh, various trades last offseason. I don't think any of them came to fruition, but they have an understanding of each other's farm systems and their major league talent. So
2: just throwing that out there. Mark that one down. I I will remember that on this Thursday, June the 16th. Uh, I'll quiz you on that one next week. Yeah. Well, so – let me just give a reminder to to chicago cubs fans out there who are getting very impatient and are i love that you're going cookie for this and our oh, pancake Oh, that a pancake and 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 are upset with where the team is at all right uh number one you particularly to any season ticket holder who supports that team and is paying premium prices for a minor league product. That sucks. And if I was Tom Ricketts, I would be reaching out to my season ticket holders and saying, listen, I see what our ticket prices are on the secondary market. We know that we're overcharging you. You are going to receive a credit at the end of this year towards your season tickets next year as a gesture of goodwill and our appreciation for sticking with us through this rebuild. We should not have been in this position. We, tried to extend Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez back years ago, they said, no, we offered, as it turned out, very fair market deals, but we decided to hold on to them versus trading them then, call it 2019, and getting a much greater value than they ended up getting at the trade deadline last year, similar to whatever they're going to be able to extort for Wilson Contreras now. So we made mistakes hanging on to our guys too long after we offered them fair deals and they turned them down. They didn't want to be here. We should have pivoted at that point, but we didn't. That was a mistake. We also made a huge mistake in prioritizing our payroll when we were looking for pitching help and trading Dylan Cease and Eloy Jimenez, to the White Sox for Jose Quintana, who did not pan out for us. And yes, Eloy's had trouble staying healthy, but when he is healthy, he hits 30 bombs and Dylan Cease looks like he's about to become one of the better young pitchers in all of baseball, nasty stuff. So that was another huge sidestep. step. And I know that a bunch of you also have had some trouble with our TV network and we're asking you to pay more there. So, uh, listen. We appreciate your investment on that side as well, which will factor into, you know, how we'll look at our ticket prices going down the line. All that's true. Now, for anyone who's over six years old, you, and more so, say, 40 years up, that level of cup fan, 40 plus, you spent your whole life watching this team try to piece together teams, and occasionally they would hit like they did in 1984, blew a 2 nothing lead in the playoffs. Lost to the Padres, 89, smoked by the Giants, four games to one. Got in, it was a cute story. 98, swept by the Braves. 2007, swept in the first round by the Diamondbacks. 2008, swept by the Dodgers. They were competitive then. You know what it was? It sucked. They lost. They were not even anywhere close to a World Series team with maybe the exception of 08. That team played very well. but When the playoffs came around, they were terrible. 03 was hard, was a heartache, and 84 was heartache. And and but still, those teams were not built in any traditional right way, which is why they never won. They did it right the one time in your life. They went to the bottom, they made some great trades, they drafted well. Chris Bryant, number two overall, because they were terrible. They got a premium guy who won the rookie of the year, won the MVP, and you won a World Series. And Anthony Rizzo was a great trade from the Padres. They made a brilliant trade uh, sending out Ryan Dempster. They got you Kyle Hendricks, and you made a great, another great deal and a flip for Jake Arietta They did it right one time, and they won the World Series, and they went to the NLCS in 15 and in 17. So three straight years you were in the final four. They did it by being patient and building it the right way. Don't freak out that they suck now and, and demand that they spend money. Jed Hoyer. Build it right again. I don't care if you're in a big market. Take your, You're not going to be able to spend your way through this, and if you do, you're going to spend your way to a team that probably makes the playoffs but isn't good enough to really win it, and then you're going to bow out, and maybe fans will be a little bit more happy during the regular season and they won't be whining at you in June, but ultimately it'll suck, and you'll be on your way to another 108-year drought. So do it right. And then try to learn from the mistakes that you made this time. And if the guys, whoever you did it right with this next time, don't want to be here for fair deals in your mind, then send them on their way and and and, and be a little bit more aggressive than you were. That should be their plan right now. You want to know what
1: that felt like, Carm? Go ahead. Is that felt like I was a part of an episode of Seinfeld, at the airing of grievances at Festivus. That was beautifully <laughs> freaking set. Like, I, I could not – Have summed it up any better than that? I think you're spot on, and the the lack of fan patience from them or from fans, it's confusing. Especially because I know Theo Epstein is not there in Chicago, but Jed Hoyer is, and guess who is part of that rebuild that you're talking about?
2: Right, he was right right there. He know
1: like this is not his first rodeo. Jed Hoyer knows what he's doing, and if anything, last year's trades, um, Caleb Killian for Chris Bryant, getting Pete Crow Armstrong. Um, for Javier Baez, getting Owen Ceci, uh, I mean, I'm, karma, they, they, they should be tickled pink. Like these are, these are I, phenomenal trades. And, like I, I, they're doing a good
2: job. I, I'm not asking anybody to be tickled pink by somebody who's in Myrtle Beach or whatever. I get it. It sucks right now. It sucks. Maybe Owen can play, maybe Pete Crow Armstrong can play, but you you got to you have to believe that this guy knows what he's doing. They did it before they they were a sustained successful organization. NLCS, World Series, NLCS, playoffs, playoffs. Granted, 2020 playoffs was BS, it was the pandemic and whatever, but they had sustained success and they won the World Series. Let yeah. them do it. Let them do it the right way again. There's no, you, you don't need to be we're a big marker. You have to spend like a bit. No. Okay. The, the Cardinals are competitive every single year. The Cardinals haven't won the World Series since 2011. All right. And, no. and you're right. You're right, Jacob. Baseball is better when the Cubs are good. It's 100% true.
1: Yeah. And, and also, going off of one of the points you said, is you're right that we don't know if Pete Armstrong or Owen Sessi are going to be good. But I can tell you what scouts say about both of them. And they absolutely freaking drool over both of those players. Like, Pete Armstrong, as soon as the Cubs acquired him, I had one of like, the smartest scouts that I know text me saying the Cubs just landed their center fielder in the next decade. And then Ceci, I've heard rave reviews about him from, right. I'm not kidding you, a half dozen people who have evaluated him. They thought getting him was an absolute coop.
2: You you could have okay fine. Tickle pink's too far for me. A smile on your face that they made some good trades that perhaps are going to pay off. I, I'll I'll go there. And Johnny, two rebuilds in the past decade for large market teams shouldn't be acceptable. I agree, I agree yep. with you. Fair. I agree. But they they are where they are right now. They they didn't aggressively move Bryant, Baez, Rizzo, so they wouldn't be in this full on rebuild. But that they did. So we're going to do make an, another huge mistake to try to right the many wrongs you you got to deal with where you're at and where they're at is they're one of the worst teams in baseball they have some tradable assets and they're going to have a ton of dough so like a sign, Suzuki signing great you want to you want to sign uh, Marcus Stroman take a flyer on him and, and maybe you end up flipping him for a reasonable deal i got go ahead but you're you know you're, this to go out and spend 200 million 500 million a billion dollars in the offseason to try to do what Steve Cohen and the Mets are doing it's it's nice right now for New York, but how's that going to end? And and they don't the Cubs don't do that. They're not two hundred and seventy. So unless you're willing to be up there and just and just spend, 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 spend and never care. By the way, the Angels spend a ton of dough. What have they done? Zero, literally zero. So yeah, Mike Trout has not won a playoff game. Yeah, like that's
1: as as we said before, money does not automatically mean playoff success. It just yeah. doesn't.
2: Yeah. Bert, time to so say goodbye. Carmen. buddy. Time to say goodbye, pal. Boy, that was a
1: quick episode, Carm. Like it, it flew by. I'm telling you, I'm still hearing your rant in my head right now. That was that was good stuff.
2: Thank you. I uh, appreciate the 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 opening to get that out. I, I feel slightly better.
1: Yeah, and also, you want to know, Carm? Is the way that we can hear more of those rants is if people subscribe to this podcast. So please do. If you're if you're watching right now please subscribe
2: we appreciate you turn the turn the notifications on too so you can be here live in the chat like johnny and jacob we appreciate you and will and robert everybody who jumped in today thanks so much it's awesome to see you guys there we look forward to seeing you next tuesday two central time on this uh amazing youtube slash wherever you're watching or listening in the audio form channel bert see you next week brother see you next week carmen